So turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. We are continuing on Paul's missionary journey. Paul leaves from Antioch, him and Barnabas, and they continue. And you know, every place they go, they're meeting opposition. They're meeting religious opposition. They're coming and they're preaching this gospel of Jesus Christ. Some have never heard this before. Some don't understand. There's one that is the son of God that has come and, and uh, no longer does man's way uh, 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 satisfy. There's now a savior, Jesus Christ, and he died. And, and they're trying to figure out this resurrection as well. Do you mean to tell me that, that God raised this man, Jesus Christ, from the dead? They're trying to figure this out. They're preaching that religion won't save you, that only Jesus Christ can. They're, they're preaching to a hopeless world and they're, they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gives hope. In each place they go, people are believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. They're finding this hope. But at the same time, every place they go, they're finding resistance. They're finding people that are denying what they're preaching. But I love what Paul and Barnabas continue to do. They keep preaching. They don't quit. And we looked at that last week. This week, the Bible tells us in verse number seven, and they preached the gospel. And they, there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Simply this, there's a man that hasn't been able to walk since he was born. He was born this way. Could you imagine as a parent? Now, in those days, they didn't have all of the technology that we have. The only way they knew if it was a boy or a girl is once this baby was born. The only way they knew if there was any kind of physical issues with this child is once they were born. And so for the entire nine months of having this child, there was great anticipation. There was great uh, uh, rejoicing. They're, they're having a child, and, and, and uh, uh, we're not sure if it's a boy or a girl, but, but we're having a child, and they're getting the nursery ready, and they're, they're getting all of the things together. And, and I don't know if they had showers back in those days, but let's just pretend they did. And all of the family is having a shower for this, this family because there's a new baby that's going to be born. I don't know if this was the family's first child. I don't know if it was the last child, but every child is special. It's time. Mom goes in to the emergency room and they, uh, uh, they're in Lystra and, and she says, I think, I think it's time. And dad puts, his, puts her on the chariot and brings her into the ER and they take her and they, they, they place her there in the delivery room at Lystra Emergency Ward. And she gives birth to a crippled baby boy. Imagine how that affects that family. The doctors say, this child isn't going to walk. This child's hurting. You're going to have to carry this child everywhere you go. When other children are out laughing and playing and running, your child's not going to be able to. When you go to McDonald's Playland, your child's going to have to just sit. Your child's going to know the pain of watching other little boys and girls run and laugh and play 
and not being able to. As your child gets older, he's not going to work. There, there was no SSI or no disability. There was no government that said we're going to pay for these medical needs and we're going to pay uh, to help your child. They simply said this, your child probably is going to uh, live the rest of his life financially suffering. And parents, if you outlive your child, your child then will have no one left to care for him. He's going to have to rely on neighbors and family members and loved ones to bring him to a place where he's going to have to beg. Imagine that news. And some in this room, you may have experienced that news with a child. But sometimes I think when we read the Bible, if we're not careful, we can read past the hurt. We can read past the reality that people come to in life. Here's a man that's hurting. It's not just him, but it's his parents. It's his grandparents. It's people that love him. There's a certain man at Lystra. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So here Paul is speaking. What is Paul speaking? He's speaking verse number seven. He's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul is preaching that Jesus Christ came to give hope to those that need hope. He came to give life. He, he came to, to give life everlasting. He, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching that Jesus was crucified. He, 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 paid the, the, he made the atonement for your sin. And he was placed on the cross. And he bled and he died. And he placed in that tomb. And three days later, he rose again. And he is offering you everlasting life. He's preaching that message. And as Paul is preaching that message, he looks and he sees this man that's crippled. And he, he perceives, the Bible says, that this man has faith. What does Paul do? Paul says with a loud voice in verse 10, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Oh, think of the joy that day. This man has never even known what it's like to walk. He, he has no idea what it's like to run. He's watched the other children run. He has no idea what it's like to, to leap and, and to skip and to run. He has no idea what that feels like. For the first time, he jumps to his feet and he begins to leap. He begins to walk. He begins to run. He begins to rejoice because what, what was once a problem in his life, he has now found Jesus. What once caused him fear, he now has hope. Where he once was weak, he now has, is strong. Where he once doubted, he now believes. Because he met Jesus. The Bible goes on to tell us the people, when they saw Paul had done, they lifted up their voices. They began to say, Paul, you're, you're a God. And they named Paul uh, a God and named Barnabas that was with him a God. And Paul was the one speaking. So they said, he's the greater God. But, but Barnabas, you're, you're a God as well. And, and, and Paul, when he heard these things in verse number 14, the Bible says, Barnabas and Paul heard it. They rent their clothes and ran amongst the people crying out. And they began to say, no, 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 we're not a God. But there is the one true God. He's the one that did this. I tell you, church, I've been so excited to preach this message. 
I was going to cancel church just so I could preach this message like Thursday, just say, hey, come to church on Thursday this week on Facebook or something, because I was so excited to preach this. I was so amazed this week as I sat in my office and studying and praying and uh, uh, reading through and to say, Lord, you brought us to Acts chapter number 14 this week. What an amazing God we have. We're just preaching through verse by verse through the book of Acts. And, and boy, it hasn't gotten boring yet. It hasn't gotten dull yet. Because it just seems like every week, whatever's happening in our world, we're reading about it in the book of Acts. Or however Christians are to respond, we're reading about it in the book of Acts. And today, as we look at the crisis that's happening in our world, the crisis that's happening in our state, and, and, and he's even now, from what I understand, even in this county, uh, there, there's one now that, that is confirmed with this virus in Lucas County. And you know what we find? We find a crisis happening in our life. But I want you to see this. In verse number seven, the Bible says this, and there they preached the gospel. I want you to see that as the world was going and as people were living their life, as crisis was happening, as persecution was coming, as despair was happening, as dark times were happening in people's lives and around the world, the Christians continued to preach the gospel. And I, I know what you're going to say, Pastor, every week you keep talking about preaching the gospel. That's because the Bible keeps talking about preaching the gospel. One of the greatest things about preaching verse by verse through the Bible is you talk about what the Bible talks about. You're silent about what you want to speak about. And you've got to only talk about what the Bible talks about. And you've got to talk about it as much as the Bible talks about it. You know what I find? Every single chapter, every halfway through every chapter, at the end of every chapter, in the beginning of every chapter in the book of Acts, you know what we find? We find God's people continuing to talk about God's solution for mankind. We continue to talk about and see the, the apostles, no matter where they're at, no matter if they find themselves in persecution, no matter if they find themselves in despair, no matter if they find themselves being kicked out of one country, you know what we find them doing? Going to the next place. And what do we find them doing? Continuing to give people hope about Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to me, church. We find, number one, we find the actions of Paul and Barnabas, and those actions are they continue to preach the gospel. The truth must be told. We cannot, we cannot allow dark times around us to keep us from doing what the church is called to do. We cannot let despair around us keep us from doing what the church is called to do. We cannot let persecution around us keep us from doing what the church is called to do. The church is called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Listen to me, God. God's plan, God's desire, God's goal for this world is to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as their savior. And we as a church, no matter what our situation is, we have got to tell the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you say amen? We see the actions of Paul and Barnabas. Now, I believe this as we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've got to be sensitive and understanding and compassionate about what's going on around us. 
Listen, if you're just walking around with your head in the sky saying, Jesus is coming again, Jesus is coming again. Listen, we all know he's coming again. But that's not helping people that don't know Jesus. Hey, listen to me. I'm as excited as you are that one day that trump is going to sound and those of us that know Christ, those that have gone on before us, they're going to rise from the dead and and their bodies are going to be resurrected and we then are going to meet them in the clouds. I can't wait for that day. I, I long for that day. I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. I can't wait till we have no more sin and no more worry and no more pain and no more suffering. I can't wait for that day. But I'll tell you what keeps me up at night is knowing those that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will die and spend eternity in hell. That keeps me up at night. That concerns me. That that causes me to, 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 to begin to pray and say, Lord, use me to be compassionate. Use me to preach the gospel. Use me so that others can hear the wonderful news about Jesus Christ. I want you to see something here as they preach the gospel and there sat a certain man of Lystra. There sat this man. Now, hear me. Please get this. Number two, we see the compassion of Paul and Barnabas. There's many a times that people have such needs here, whether it be physical needs, emotional needs, mental needs. There's so many people that have needs here. It's difficult for them to hear what's going to happen in eternity when they're suffering right here, when they have issues, when they have problems, when they have needs. They're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that there was a man sitting there and he's listening. But I want you to see the compassion of Paul and Barnabas. He looks and he sees this man. He's a cripple. And we, we look into the Bible, shows us a little glimpse of this man's life. He's a cripple from his mother's womb. He had never walked before. It shows that Paul has compassion for someone. And Paul didn't say, he, he didn't say, uh, look at this man. I can't believe that you're just, just uh, uh, worried about your physical condition. I can't believe that, that you care about your physical condition. I, I wish you'd get over that and just hear what I'm saying about your spiritual condition. No, what Paul did is Paul with compassion looked and he said to that man that had that, that physical condition, you need to get up and you need to walk and you need to go forth and you need to live your life from this point forward because of your faith you're healed. He had compassion. Listen to me. We get out the gospel, but we cannot be hard or callous to people's needs. Listen to me, church. Please understand this. We are living in a world right now where there's a lot of people concerned. They don't need Christians telling them how stupid they are for being concerned. They don't need Christians looking out and saying how foolish they are for being concerned. Listen to me, we have hope because we have Jesus, but someone that doesn't have Jesus doesn't have that hope. And they don't need people that have the hope telling them how bad they are for not having hope. They need someone that has the hope to introduce them to the hope in his name is Jesus Christ. We don't need to get hard and callous toward people. Listen to me, I, I, I said to my wife just last night or the night before last, I said, do me a favor, babe, just stop looking on social media at some people's responses. It's crazy. 
It's like we're hard and calloused. Hear me, church. Hear me, please. There are crippled people right now in this world, and they are living in real fear. There are crippled people right now, and they can't walk, and they can't see past today, and they don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, and they're concerned, and, and they're looking at their life savings going dropping, and they're, they're looking at that the potential of their the, uh, sacrifice they have to be made, and they're looking at potentially a people being sick, and, 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 and they're looking at... Even in some cases, in many cases, it could only be a, a small percentage of those that are sick. But, but there's people having funerals right now of people that have died. And, and the Christian's response ought to be compassion. Because it's through compassion we give, get the opportunity to give the gospel. Oh, I want to challenge you, church, right now. Don't be hard. Don't be callous toward people. Don't look down on people because they're in fear. Oh, no, we don't need to live in fear because we have hope. But if they don't have hope, they have no choice but to live in fear. Let's deal with people with compassion. Seek the needs of hurting people. Look what, look what, look what Paul does. Paul is preaching the gospel. He's preaching about everlasting life. He's preaching about eternity. He's preaching about what happens after this life. He's preaching about putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he looks out and he sees a man with a physical need. And he stops what he's doing and he addresses that physical need of this man. Listen to me, church, I believe that we need to, during this crisis, we need to look and seek out and find hurting people. And hear me, we need to address their needs. This gives us opportunity to give them hope. This gives us opportunity to give them the gospel. This gives them opportunity to see what Jesus Christ can do. I, I, I think, church, we ought to be creative this, this world is scared. Hear me, I, I just watched this morning on the news, they're talking about Spain and in France now closing their borders and beginning to, to do the same thing Italy has done. And so uh, France and Spain and Italy now have these restrictions on their country. The prime minister, I, I don't remember of what country it was, uh, might have been Spain. Uh, it was either Spain or uh, France, but the prime minister's wife, they said, just came down with the coronavirus, the prime minister's wife. That just causes panic. It causes more people to fear. It causes people to worry. Because people put their trust in government. People put their trust. They think as, as long as we have a government and they're in control, things are going to be okay. And when it begins to hit people in government, people begin to panic because people are putting their hope in the wrong thing. They're putting their hope in man. They're putting their hope in a government. They're putting their hope in a, in a, in a system that, that is going to fail them. They need to know that there's Christ, there's Jesus, that you can put your hope in him, that you can put your faith in him, and he'll, he'll never fail you. That's what they need to hear. But the world is in crisis right now. They're scared. I read this morning that there are new confirmed cases. They began to think that things were calming down in China. And now there's confirmed new cases in China. It's just going to bring things in that country back into fear. Hear me. I'm saying to you, church, this morning, let's not turn inward. 
Let's not stop ministering to people. Even though we may have to do things differently, let's not stop ministering to people. I believe that this is the time for the church to begin to think outside of the box, to do things differently than we've ever done them before, but see that there's a need at a world scale right now. And it's not time for the church to look inward and begin to run scared or look at people in a judgmental way. But it's time for us to say, Spirit of God, that it's in us, that's controlling us, that's leading us. How do you want us to minister to a world that needs Jesus Christ? Give me compassion. People dying without, without Christ. Every night, I, Saturday night, I'm in bed. I feel like an, an old man. Every Saturday night, I'm in bed, 8 o'clock. My kids know, don't bother me. Don't wake me up. I mean, there I am, tucked in tight. Michelle comes in and tucks the corners down and I'm laying there with a smile on my face, sleeping, snoring away. Can't wait to see you the next day. It was about 11.30 last night. I'm, I just can't sleep. I'm up and I'm walking around. Michelle says, what are you doing? I said, I just can't sleep. What are you worried about? I, I'm not worried. What are you scared about? I'm not scared. I'm troubled. I'm troubled because this generation that God has allowed us to live in is scared. There's people in Ohio and there's people in Lucas County. There's people in our backyard. There's neighbors that are concerned. And it's hard to sleep. Because I believe that we have the answer. My mind has just been turning. All right, how can we reach out to people? How can we show people that Christ is in control? How can we show people that the creator of this universe, hear me today, I'm trusting in the God that said, let there be light, and there was light. I'm trusting in a God that said, let there be a sun, and hung that sun, and it hasn't moved. It hasn't done anything it's not supposed to do for all of these thousands of years. I'm talking about the God that said, let there be a moon, and every single night that moon comes up, and every single morning that sun comes up. I'm talking about the God that said, let there be stars, and for thousands of years, we've looked up and those stars have remained in the place they're supposed to remain in. I'm talking about the God that said, let there be uh, uh, water and let there be trees and let there be grass and let there be birds and let there be, be animals. I'm talking about the same God that had the power to speak it with his voice into existence is the same God that when we get into our prayer closets, when we approach his throne, it's the same God that's going to promise to keep us, to promise that it meet every need, the promise that he uh, is there to, to, to those that seek him, he, they'll find him. That's the same God. It's not that I'm running through scared. It's the fact that I want others to know that same God. Because there is a mom right now that last night she wasn't walking through her home 
concerned about the community that needs Jesus. There's a mom concerned, how am I going to afford to take care of my children and try to keep a job? There's a dad that's concerned. There's, a, there's an elderly person that's getting ready to retire, and they're looking and saying, oh my goodness, how am I going to retire like I planned for all these years when the stock market has crashed? How, how am I going to live? There's, 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 there's people that, that uh, are concerned that they're going to get sick. There are people that are planning funerals right now because someone that they loved uh, got sick. There's people right now saying, I, I can't go into a nursing home and visit my mom or my dad, or I can't go into places because we're eight, we're, there's a ban on us going in. There's people that are nervous. There's people that are scared. There's people that are fearful. And we've got to reach them with the truth. We've got to. How are we going to do this? put a video out last night. Shame upon us that know Christ and we're saying, our kids have to be home for three weeks. There's thousands of kids in your community, in my community. It's not about them going to school. It's about them not even eating. Say what you will, and, 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 and I don't, know if this is the time or the place for it. And you say, well, the government shouldn't be feeding all these hungry kids. Well, someone's got to do it. And if the church isn't doing it, I tell you, the government wouldn't have to do it if the church did do it. But there are some kids that aren't going to go to school for these next few weeks. And because they're not going to go to school, that was the best nutritional meal they've eaten. They'll eat all day. And sometimes, hear me, sometimes, and I'm not saying this to be unkind, but sometimes, hear me, some of us have it so good that we have lost sight of reality for a lot of people living in our communities. My kids have never known. Jacob will be 20 this year. He's never known, except maybe when Uncle Sam was taking care of him, what it's like to be hungry. My nine-year-old has never woken up and, and gone without food. She, she's never, she doesn't have to say right now, well, if I can't go to school, I'm not going to eat. My, my wife has never shed a tear saying, I want to feed my children, and, and I just don't know how I'm going to do it right now. We're living in a community where people are. Good people. Church, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to talk about it? Are we going to say that's not our problem? Are we going to say we're going to go to where the fight is and we're going to fight this fight? We're going to use every resource we can have because there is a crippled person that needs to hear the truth, that needs hope.
Okay, maybe they're a, a, a hungry person. But remember, the Bible says if you'll feed the hungry and do it in the name of Jesus, you're, you're doing it unto him. If you clothe the naked in, in, in the name of Christ, you're doing it unto him. And so I believe this in times of crisis, in times of, of fear, in times that, that we're unsure of what the world is, is, the next step is, the Christians ought to say, listen, I don't fear tomorrow because I know the God of tomorrow. I don't fear the unknown because I know the God of the unknown. I don't fear what my needs may be because I got a God that said, I will supply all of your needs. And so therefore, I'm going to take this truth with compassion and I'm going to go into a community and I'm going to meet a need that somebody has. Seniors that can't get out, they need people to help them. People will miss work right now. They're going to need people to help them. And the church, I would say to you this, let us know. If you know of families, I'm going to ask our staff this week to find out how we can get into this community and get that information to our church. And, and I hope our church says, I'll go and I'll give and I'll be a part because there are crippled people in this world. And while we're preaching the gospel, they've got needs that they need to be met. And we're going to meet those needs and introduce them to the Jesus that we were introduced to. Will you help? Will you be a part? I want you to seek, and I'm done. In verse number 10 and verse number 11, they, um, Paul says with this loud voice, stand upright and on thy feet and leap and walk. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice. They've never seen anything like this before. I want you to see lastly, number three is the impression of the people. The impression of the people is this, others couldn't do this. Only God could do this and it can't be done in human strength. They knew this was special. Hear, hear me, church, if you get nothing else today, would you please get this? A panicked world needs to see through God's people only what God can do. A panicked world needs to see through God's people only what God can do. They use this crisis to point people to our Lord Jesus Christ. This crippled man was made to walk. Listen to me, his mom couldn't help him. His father couldn't help him. There wasn't a doctor alive on that earth that could help him. The, the government wasn't able to help him. Friends couldn't help him. This man could not have any help. There's no person that was alive that could say to this man, I know what your need is and here I can meet that need. Oh, but there was one that was a follower of Jesus Christ. His name was the Apostle Paul and he was committed through persecution through despair, through troubles, and through trials. He said, I know who can help you in the name of Jesus Christ. He can help you walk again. And the people realized this is something special. And this man heard that message of Jesus Christ. He believed on what he heard. The apostle Paul moved with compassion and the impossible was made possible. Church, I ask us, let's rise up to this time of panic and fear and let's look out among our community and let's make uh, uh, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, let's make a difference. Let's do something where people can say, oh, look at what they've done and we can say we had nothing to do with it. It all is because of who God is. Let's show the world 
what God can do. Are you up for the challenge? Are you ready to show a world what your God can do? Let's rise up in the time of panic and fear and let's show people our God.